Against All Odds, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal here, coming to you live on a Tuesday morning. Spaghetti and meatballs fiddling with the knobs behind the glass. Babyface Joel Solomon producing this mess. And joining me as always, my wizards of wagering, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, Harry, Brother Bry, Darren, the parley kid. What is happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Hey, Sal. What's going on, buddy? We have Mike Lombardi joining us. Guru, he, he's a bigger football junkie than we are for many, many years. He's got kids in many different organizations. I think he's got a kid in every single NFL team. I don't know, as an assistant. But we're going to talk to him about the coaching carousel that's going on, the college football. Eddie Spaghetti here still licking his wounds. You want to sp- I don't think you've spoken about this uh, Spaghetti on an on a Extra Points podcast, um, any of them. What, how do you feel when Brian Kelly abandoned ship? I I was telling you off air, Sal, when he first got to Notre Dame, I was not thrilled with the the, the BK hiring. And then obviously now it's kind of hard to, uh, you know, he hit five straight 10 win seasons, 11 and one this year with a team that was, you know, supposedly supposed to rebuild, um, you know, good recruiting class next year and, a, and a even better one the week year after that. So it's it's one of those things where he put in uh, a good foundation for this program, but leaving the guys like this uh, on the, you know, the doorstep of a championship appearance, maybe in the final four. And then a, obviously a big bowl game, if not that. It's just, it's really as bad as it gets, but money talks. Uh, LSU will have less restrictions. Uh, he wants to be in the SEC, and we know how the college football committee views the SEC. Uh, potentially a two-loss Bama team can make it in over a one-loss Notre Dame sure. or a one-loss Oklahoma State team. So he knows that's an easier path to the, the especially if it expands now. So you don't now. blame him. All said and done, you don't blame him. Look, he's an older coach that wants to win. He's been successful everywhere he's been, you know, Cincinnati before Notre Dame. He He's going to be able to recruit the best of the best, which is something he couldn't really do at Notre Dame, uh, you know, d- despite all their academic restrictions stuff, they've put together good classes, but you're not going to get the top five stars like they're getting down in the SEC. And uh, and he knows that. And like you said, there's no restrictions, there's no academic stuff he has to worry about. Notre Dame views themselves as an academic institution. Not That's a football what the school. kid was saying. Yes, and, uh, <laughs> and LSU really wants LSU wants uh, a coach who's, you know, not going to cause off the field distractions, kind of like what Coach O did just there. And, uh, you know, it's it's it stinks. It's a it's a really strange timing thing, especially a week after he said he was not looking to leave. Yeah, that he, never his, matters. Yeah. His next step was going to retire, uh, but uh, thankful that he brought in uh, Marcus Freeman and Tommy Rees, a former quarterback, so they have good, two good coordinators if they don't leave for LSU, so Notre Dame will be in good hands. I want to say, uh, well, first of all, two things. Now I'm rooting hard for Notre Dame. Uh, I, I know we need like six things to happen for them to make the playoffs, but because they can't let him coach that game, for sure they can't. So Oklahoma State has to lose, Cincinnati has to lose, Michigan has to lose. What else? Alabama has to lose, right? And then maybe you get in. All right. Yeah. If the committee doesn't. Uh, yeah. You need a Baylor and an Iowa win. And then uh, you probably need Alabama to not just lose, but lose by two. We got to run touchdowns. the odds on that. I guess we'll I'll, I'll pick it up as we go along. here. The second thing is whether you think it's a good move or not calling for a meeting at 7 a.m. Spaghetti to let the team know what they already know that you're leaving. It's, That's the worst uh, offense of all, I think. Every player, Notre Dame, either current or even past was tweeting like how it's it was bad. It was bad to find out through social media. It's bad to call a 7 a.m. meeting and only last for 11 minutes and then hop in a car and drive off to uh, the airport to leave South Bend for uh, Louisiana. It's 
Look, it's not about the coach. And I think the recruits and players know that it's about the the school and, and the foundation. And there's enough good coaches there that it'll hopefully they'll stay. But it's not a good sign when every single player under you is they just they just feel like they're they're the rug is pulled out from underneath them. There's, yeah. there's no loyalty. And it's it's sad for the guys. And again, it's it was an awesome year for a team that was supposed to have multiple losses to have one loss to a good Cincinnati team. Uh, and, and he's going to leave them right in the doorstep of potentially a final four. It's it's really bad. I can't imagine what they're going All right, through. Well, here's what's even worse. Um, so I, I put those together. Harry, what do you think? So we need Bauer to win. We need Georgia to win. We need Houston to win. We need Iowa to win. What do you think the odds are for those four things happening? Uh, 175 to one. Whoa. No, not, not quite that bad. 81 to one. All right. So you have an 81 to one shot here. Spaghetti for, um, yeah, total vindication here. Pretty good. Well, what do you think, Bri? Well, it's funny because Notre Dame to win the championship right now is 30 to 1. Oh, so. is it really? Yeah. <laughs> right, so make, make that parlay. Wow. How do these sports books make any money? It's unbelievable yeah. to me. I don't get it. Uh, well, I guess they made money last. I, I don't know. Another crap game. Monday Night Football. Washington holds on against uh, Seattle. 17-15. Got a little exciting at the end. Uh, they, they scored. Bri, you called it the worst, best drive in history. Russell bringing them down. It didn't look like they were going to score, and then they did. And then, of course, they botched the two-point conversion. Then they get the onside kick, and they recover it. But there's an illegal shift or whatever it was. Uh, anyway, uh, not a great week uh, a game. for We went 0 for 4 with our first touchdown picks. I was so close. Lockett was so close. Mm-hmm. A little underthrown. He's pushed out of bounds at the 10. Then they go back to him. That wasn't close. And then they hit the the, the kid who played for the Rams. What's his name? It was 14 Everett, to 1. Everett. Yes. Everett, yeah. Gerald Everett. Harry, you and Parley Kid at Washington plus one. Good job by you. Russ had two touchdown passes. So Bry hits his prop and the rest of us shit the bed wow. with our props. Wow. Rough, rough game. <laughs> I really didn't I really didn't. Oh, I mean yeah. I mean to yeah. to have over twenty six and a half receiving yards by McKitsick, who actually scored two touchdowns, uh had twenty six yards on that last play in the fourth quarter and then got injured and got carted off. So Pretty bad beat when you get carted off when you need one. You lost yard. by half a half a yard. Half yeah. a yard and when he gets carted off. Carted off is never good. Uh, extrapoints.com. You get free picks from these guys every single day. Hit the arcade, extrapoints.com slash arcade. Now, for our head-to-head picks, the, the all, all talent on Extra Points staff does it. Harry, I think you tied me. We're tied now for Correct. the lead through 12 weeks. We're 87-65-1, I guarantee you. My um, betting has not reflected 22 games over 500, but uh, hit up shop.extrapoints.com. Lots of uh, jerseys is a degenerate trifecta jersey and shirt and stickers. And there's against all odds and there's minus three, all kinds of like hoodies and stuff. And 20%, this is giving Tuesday, right? 20% goes to no kid hungry. It is a uh, great cause. So that's shop.extrapoints.com giving Tuesday between now and December 10th, 20% goes to no kid hungry. All right, uh, college football. So those that's the big change there. Kelly goes to LSU. Spaghetti's devastated. Um, USC has Lincoln Riley coming here. I don't know. We're going to get into it with Mike Lombardi because I, I don't know how this ends. I mean, it's unbelievable how much money these guys are getting with these crazy deals are getting. But um, also unbelievable. I want to talk. We talked about it. Right off the air yesterday, Heisman odds. Bryce Young favored at minus 220. C.J. Stroud plus 450. Uh, Matt Corral 20 to 1. Pickett 20 to 1. And Walker, Kenneth Walker 20 to 1. 
Now, here's the thing. I looked into this because I, li- I really like C.J. Stroud here because Bryce Young could put up a terrible game, right? We could all see him throwing for three interceptions and them getting blown out by Georgia. And then can you really give him the Heisman? I've gotten conflicting um, advice here or information about some people say 80% of the voters have already put their vote in. So uh, stupid. Isn't that crazy? Like, I don't know. So st- and also, like, what would you have seen from last week? They like, I got to get my vote in. I got now that was a great Bryce Young game. And CJ Stroud is like, why would you have? Why would you? I would be like, I want to see more, you know? And that's why I think CJ Stroud is good value at plus 450 and without even playing a game. Wasn't terrible. Right, Harry? Uh, you know, two touchdowns. Four, if you want to say it's the biggest game so. of his life, fine. Uh, he blew the biggest game of his life. But, um, didn't didn't do that bad. It wasn't that. It was that defense that yeah. couldn't stop anything. So what what are you going with, Harry? Well, I mean, yeah, he, I mean, Stroud is good value, like you just mentioned. If Young has a bad game, and like you mentioned, Sally had two touchdowns, no turnovers. He had four hundred yards still passing against Michigan. Uh, but I'm going to take a defensive player out of Michigan, Aiden Hutchinson. I think he's the hot pick right now. Uh, 14 tackles for losses. He had uh, 12 and a half sacks so far this season, but three sacks against Penn State two weeks ago. Three sacks against Ohio State last week. It's going to be a first rounder. I look. I think this is a solid pick here at twenty to one. I think it's value, and especially if Michigan rolls Iowa and he's fantastic again. I don't know. Maybe it's something to look at. Furman said to me, "The Athletic Straw Poll has three defenders in the top four. Top four. How do you say that? How do you say that number? Four. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know. I, 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 that would just be weird uh, to, to give it to. All right, Parley Kid, who are you going with? I mean, I, it's just going to be Young, and that's going to be it. I, well, look, I, you know, I gave out Young. Um, I yeah. don't know, three weeks back, four weeks back, when he was sitting at uh, plus uh, close to plus two hundred. When I envisioned this scenario taking place, I don't like the value here on Young, considering you know, like you're saying he. He was struggling this past week against the Auburn defense until maybe uh, the fourth yeah. quarter. What is he going to do against the Georgia defense? We don't really know. I don't like you saying about these guys turning their votes in. Uh, yeah. This makes no sense. You know, I've always been a proponent of voting after the bowl season's over. I, I I think that's when you should vote on the Heisman. It makes no sense why they do it now. And again, I've always also said this. Take the voting out of the hands of these press uh, people they know nothing. They don't know anything about the game. They don't deserve a vote. I'm sorry. Get mm. find real sports people to make votes on these things. Darren. Uh, that's how I feel about that. But Sal, hold on, Harry. Let me just finish. Yeah. Who I'm gonna? I would roll the dice on a guy like Pickett right now. Yeah. Uh, brother Bry gave him uh, weeks ago. Um, uh, sitting at twenty to one. He he could put up huge numbers against Wake Forest. Correct. Could have a yeah, huge that, game. He's that's sitting, all that game's about. Really. That's what right? I mean. I, yeah. I could see them going after it for him uh, and maybe mm-hmm. trying to get him to throw five or six touchdown passes. He's at 40 right now, which is fifth, uh, sorry, second in the country, tied for second. Uh, he's got over 4,000 yards passing, uh, great touchdown to interception ratio. The team has performed very well this year. He goes out with the bang here. I think he could get a little bit uh, momentum going to the people who haven't turned in their votes yet, at mm. least. So maybe All roll right. the dice with Pickett at 20 to 1. Go ahead, Harry. Go ahead, what were you going to say? Wait, wait, no, I was just going to say, remember, guys, a couple of years ago, too, when Tua had that, he was a lock, supposedly, when he was supposed to win it, and then he had that bad game because that was the whole thing. Did vote, voters vote yet? Didn't they not vote? He had that bad first half in the SEC championship game, and then he, he didn't win it. All right. 
Yeah. Now, I don't know when they're putting their votes in. It, it's, uh, it, that's why I don't think he should be a minus 220 yeah. unless somebody knows something, Brian. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like you uh, you and Sims were talking about the other day, right, on MVP. Like this year for MVP in the NFL, you can make – there's no clear-cut winner yeah. so far. The same can be said for the Heisman, right? There's mm-hmm. no clear-cut winner. You could say there's some great performances this year, but definitely no clear-cut. I mean, again, obviously this is based on more votes going in after uh, these championship games. But I would say, you know, like Parley Kid was saying with Pickett, you know, what if he throws for 400 plus yards, they put up 50 on Wake Forest and win the ACC, or he sets some type of passing record, which is definitely impossible for an ACC championship against a team like Wake Forest. What if Bryce Young is terrible against Georgia? All three quarterbacks are comparable in terms of their stats. So, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know, a 20 to one, I, I think, I mean, he should have just as good of a shot probably right now. I don't yeah. know if he will, but at 20 to 1, I like it. All right, I'm going to do that. You know, I'm betting both. I'm betting C.J. Stroud plus 450 and Kenny Pickett 20 to 1 and hope for, and I do believe Bryce Young will. But, I mean, I don't know. It takes three quarters, like you said, to get going last week against Auburn. He might not ever get going against Georgia, and I think the voters will see that. So I'm going to make those two bets, and I'm also putting in that parlay for Eddie Spaghetti. Uh, Baylor, Georgia, Houston, and <laughs> I Iowa. I love it. I got you I back, buddy. <laughs> And that way, when it. you collect eighty-one to one, um, it won't sting as much when jo- when when Alabama is still um, in the playoffs <laughs> after Georgia <laughs> beats them by four touchdowns. Oh my God, they got to fix this. Just go to the twelve teams already. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to talk NBA. All right, NBA action. Fun game tonight. Two best teams, right? Record-wise, Phoenix Suns, mm-hmm. Golden State Warriors. Suns are dominating the hardwood 16 in a row. Average margin of victory, 11 and a half. They're screwing everything up here. I have the Warriors to win the West. Anyway, they host Golden State. They're a two-point favorite on FanDuel. 222 is the over-under. You're going to get picks. I'm taking Golden State. It's really tough to find trends against a team that's won 16 in a row. Um, <laughs> so... I don't know. I found a couple pro Golden State, but I, I just like the way their offensive. Both teams play defense, which is fun to watch and, and so rare. But when you have Otto Porter Jr. getting double doubles off the bench, Jordan Poole putting up big numbers, Dre available on offense. He scores half the time. He's up to like 12 or 14 points a game. I worry about turnovers a little. The Warriors play a little loose. CP3 kind of has Steph's number in the past, and the Suns are eighth in creating turnovers, but it really is tough to bet again. It's tough to bet against either team, but I'm betting on the Warriors who are 15, four and one against the number. They're the biggest moneymaker in the NBA. Mm. They've covered seven in a row, six and one versus uh, the last seven Pacific opponents. I think the Warriors win this game. Brother Bri, you're going against me here. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Phoenix. I probably would take them on the money line at like minus 130. Although, how, why aren't we making money on these teams? Why aren't we betting Golden State at least early yeah. on in the season? Uh, it sucks. But, I, you know, so far this season, it's funny. It's It really has kind of all been about Golden State right now. You, you, like, I think, you know, you for, for considering Phoenix has won 16 straight games, you don't hear, it seems like you don't hear a ton about them. It still seems like it's all Golden State. So I think... Phoenix will be out to prove something tonight and just to say they're as good. Let's not forget about us. We're just as good, if not better, uh, than Golden State. And while their schedule, you know, it wasn't necessarily murderer's row, any win streak like this is super impressive. They were dominant in that Brooklyn game. Booker's Booker's been really good. He's actually shooting 45% from three in November. 
Um, and, and they have a chance to close out this month going undefeated. And I was trying to figure out, I know teams have had just as long of winning streaks if, you know, not longer, but I wonder how many teams have finished a full month undefeated. Yeah. Wow. Ever. Right. You're right. That's a lot. All right. Harry, you like a player prop? By the way, I haven't commented on Harry's shirt yet, which is, <laughs> I mean, it's an audio <laughs> podcast and I don't even know. I mean, it's like. A Kool-Aid vomited on a Kool-Aid shirt. The Kool-Aid guy. What is this? It's a long sleeve tie-dye shirt. It's a monstrous tarp looking thing with the Kool-Aid guy on the front. Where did you get this, Harry? Through Ken. Oh, of course. Of course. Wow. I mean, it's pretty good. You may have to do. (laughs) He does all my shopping for me. What can I say? I don't know. I got to wear it, I guess. Well, you could say a lot or you could say <laughs> nothing could, and, and, say. and just well, keep it. When let, they just come to on. me without me even knowing they're coming. So it's kind of, I tough, know but, you got to put it on. Right. You should do a pick uh, a video pick in that shirt because I feel like we're robbing the viewers of a uh, inexplicable um, I will. Uh, observation. I promise here. you. I, pr- I promise you. I will. I All do right. have extra talent. I got a prop. I got two props tonight in this game. Like you said, mm-hmm. this is going to be fun. This is going to be excellent to watch. I like Chris Paul over eight and a half assists tonight at minus 138. He's averaging 10 for the season, five of the last seven. He's got 10 or more. Um, had 10 the last time he faced uh, Curry and the Warriors. So I like Chris Paul over eight and a half assists tonight. Uh, and I also like Mikael Bridges under one and a half three-pointers tonight at minus 130. His job tonight is to shut down Steph Curry the best he possibly can uh, and let the rest of his teammates do all the scoring. Just focus on shutting down Curry. He's uh, he definitely going to be in the first team all defense this year. He should have made it last year. Um, no points, for, not too much points on offense for him tonight. Defense is where Phoenix needs him. So I like Bridges under one and a half threes tonight at minus 130. Paul over eight and a half assists. All right. Uh, Babyface Joel Salmon, what do you, do you care to, uh, to, to talk about this, Jerry? What, what, I don't know what Harry's wearing. Now I'm transfixed. What, what about my picks? We don't want to talk about my picks. No, I don't just want to talk about, about the shirt. Okay. I don't even remember. Right, I mean, it's like a self portrait. <laughs> He's wearing like a self portrait on his shirt. It's incredible. We, we really should be on TV. And yeah, it's like, it, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Isn't that him or no? Well, I'm staring at like hey, a kaleidoscope hey, hey. here. Oh, <laughs> hey, that's, that's, fat, that's Fat Albert. Albert. That was Fat Albert. Oh, my gosh. Get your obese fictional characters uh, straight, Harry. Chris Paul is uh, killing me here because he has 10.1 assists. He leads uh, average assists per game. I had Russ there. He's 8.7. Um, hard 9.4. Young 9.0. But Chris Paul, I don't think he's ever led. Uh, has he led in assists? I don't think so. I mean, always picks up good numbers, but... That's insane. All right, Parley Kid, what do you like as your prop? Now, my prop, I'm going to go with Devin Booker over two and a half three pointers. As uh, Brother Bryce said, he's been shooting it very well, especially in November. He's knocked down four in each of the last two games. He's plus 138 here to go over two and a half. He averages two and a half a game in the month of November. He's averaging more than that. Uh, I think this is going to be an up and down game where the, the, the threes are going to be flying. I think he's going to try to match Curry. I think he goes over this two and a half rather easily, Sal. So, and you're getting plus money for it, too. Pretty good value here for a guy that's been red hot. All right. I love it. All right. You know what? I might even watch this one. I got to tell you, NBA is back. And one of the things <laughs> I love betting on basketball is that I'm always finding new player game props that I like. It's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook. You can combine these props with other bets to form a same game parlay and score an even bigger payout. Do it. Put it all together. Booker over two and a half threes. Paul over eight and a half assists. You can go Suns minus two. You can go Warriors plus two. Either way, that's a winner. Same game parlay. Play it out. Fast payouts as little as two hours. Easy to use. 
safe and secure, the market leader, America's number one sports book. There's no feeling like nailing a same game parlay. All customers check out FanDuel Sportsbook Daily for exclusive NBA same game parlays. Focus offers like TNT Tuesdays. And if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, they're also offering new users a risk-free $1,000 bet. Just sign up with promo code against all odds. And if your first bet loses, you get up to a grand back in site credit. That's promo code against all odds. All right, let's bring in our guest. Despite winning three Super Bowl rings, he's still upset. The tuck rule cost him a year of Fordham tuition for one of his kids. He's the host of the GM Shuffle podcast, Olive Garden spokesman, Michael Lombardi. What's happening, Lombardi? Yeah, you know, not much, and I still am. I mean, I I love Tom Brady. I love Belichick. I still, like like Mike Holmgren said, 20 guys in a bar think it's a fumble. It should be a fumble. (laughs) Right. I'm good with that rule. Hey, by the way, before we start, I don't know if you, this is great that we have you on here because it just came over the wire. I want to get your reaction. Jason Garrett accepting the Notre Dame job. What do you think? <laughs> well, he went to Princeton, so he's smart, you know? I, I, mean, you I couldn't even, I couldn't even sell you for a second. You didn't buy it for even a second, a redhead, to go Notre Dame, uh-huh. what? I'm sure Troy Aikman made a call this morning to the AD. I wouldn't be surprised. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just don't know if that could sell. You know, I no. don't know if that could sell to the Notre Dame alum. I think why spacing on every first down probably is not going to go over well at Notre Dame football. Yeah, that's true. But these coaching deals are out of hand. The uh, the price tag for the big names, have, I think they've tripled in a decade. I look back, Pete Carroll was making... Four million a year in 2009. That was seen as ridiculous. They gave Lincoln Riley like 35 percent of Disneyland. What do you think of this? Uh, who's who's well, at fault I, here? I, well, nobody. I mean, the the money, the revenue that are coming in, you know, to the t- to the schools is so enormous. There's so much at stake that people feel like they have to pay, and you know, mm-hmm. competition. It, it, it water seeks its level. So it continues to go up and the players now can get compensated. You know, it used to be right. where the coaches were just making all the money. Now the players have their licensing agreement. It's not going to be as lucrative as some of these, you know, an LSU, the LSU coach or Alabama, but at least they can make some money off of it. But look, if you want to have a good program, you need a good coach. I'm not sure they're getting all these good coaches. I'm not sure this is, you know, the level of coaching from the NFL to the to college is a little different. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see, but uh, you got to pay to get what you want. Well, so and it's weird though. The way it's going is so Lincoln Riley, obviously avoiding the sec, right? He's like, I don't want five losses in a year. I'll go to, I'll go to the pac 12 where I'll win the, the South or whatever it is. Brian Kelly looks forward to go. He just wants to be in a conference. Was this the right move? Like which surprised you more? Lincoln going to USC didn't surprise me at all. I mean, I think that that kind of fit. They had Graham Harrell as the offensive coordinator. Look, I think the thing about Lincoln Riley is he, every you know he's had quarterbacks that have won the Heisman, but it's it's the run game that really is what sustains his offense. It's mm-hmm. we see it with Jalen Hurts. It's you got to be able to run the ball. So there's some of that. Uh, I, I think he, I think Oklahoma because they were so linked to Texas. They had to go into the Southeast Conference. I don't think that was something that that was really prudent for Oklahoma in the sense that they could get to the Final Four just by being in the Big 12. But now he comes to the Pac-12. He's going to get the best high school quarterback every single year. He's going to have great, you know, great offenses, big offensive linemen. I mean, he's going to walk himself into the Final Four every single year. Mm-hmm. Will he be battle tested enough to beat those teams like he wasn't at Oklahoma? It remains to be seen. 
Now, we, yesterday we asked Darren, the parlay kid, if he could have any job in college football, which would it be? Now, really, the the threshold was very low because he gets paid $4,500 a, a season <laughs> to coach middle school, uh, you know, local middle school football. Um, before we give you his answer, I want to get your answer. Best job, college football, if you could have it. Uh, the best, well, I think LSU is one of them because mm-hmm. it's such a fertile, fertile recruiting area. I mean, it's so good. It, the, Louisiana has so many talented young players. You're close to Texas. You know, you could get into Florida. I think it's one of the great, great jobs in college football. I think, you know, uh, you've got to be able to want to live in Baton Rouge, which is not the easiest place to do, uh, especially from somebody from the north. But I, I think it's one of the best jobs in college football, second and none. It should compete for a national championship every single year. It's a special place. I, I would say off the beaten track, North Carolina should be one of the best jobs. Really? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's an incredible campus. You're in the ACC. You should be able to entice the best co- high school quarterbacks from anywhere in the country. It, it's a, I don't want to hear that it's a basketball school because it's a great school. Hmm. You know, and I think it's it, to me, it's what I call a phone and a desk school. You know, all you need is a phone and a desk and you can get anybody you want to go to school. there. Just get them on campus. Just get them on campus and you'll get them there. And so I think those would be the two that I would jump out to me. Interesting. Now, he said Texas. And of course, it's great if you could do well. But I I mean, did you watch Friday Night Lights? This is a high school coach, a a miserable, miserable life. Otherwise, it's so many expectations. I think the reason Texas football is down is because of these five stars and all these great kids that you have to kiss their butts to get them to go with you. Then you can't coach them. I wrote about this today for the daily coach. I think one of the reasons Rick Pitino's had so much success at Iona is he can coach the way he wants to coach. Uh He can coach hard. He doesn't have to worry about pissing off the mother because they're not playing the kid enough minutes to get to the NBA. He doesn't have to worry about the booster program. He, he went from playing in a 20,000 seat arena to playing in 3000 seat arena that he shares with the women's volleyball team, the men's volleyball team and the men's and the women's basketball. So he coaches two stars in the four stars at Texas. You got to take these five stars, whether they're five stars or not, you got to take their Texas high school kids. You got to take them. And there's a sense that there's just not enough grit in the program. I think it's been clear. One of the things that Charlie uh, Strong complained about when he was at Texas was simply this. We're taking way too many of these Texas kids that just don't have the grit that the Florida kids have, hmm. and we're not going to beat them. And I think you see it. You lose to Kansas at home. You think uh, you got grit in your program? Why did you have to bring that up? I lost so much <laughs> money on that. So much money, Lombardi. Uh, now, you're right, though. I mean, it's and especially you see it in basketball. Like, no one's yelled at Joel Embiid since he's been 13 years old, right? Like, no, I don't know. No, how, do you, how do you coach that is. guy? Yeah. How do you coach the guy? And then if you piss off the mom, you know, they're going to transfer portal. They're out of here. You know, you got to be able to, you got to take a job where you can coach your personality, mm-hmm. you know, where you could coach them hard. And, you know, and, and I think Saban does it at Alabama. And that to me is going to key is sometimes you take jobs where you compromise your coaching skills. Look at, yeah. look at Duke when, when, when Krzyzewski's taking these one and dones, their program hasn't really been the same. He can't quite get the same thing out of them. Right. Except everyone's losing to him on purpose this year. So they're going to go, they're going to run the table. <laughs> I know. I know what you're saying though. All right, let's switch gears to the pros. And I see a trend developing and I don't like it. Casual fans are starting to root for the Patriots. And I know you've been on board for years. Uh, Darren, the parlay kid, this is now his second favorite. Th- might be his favorite team. Belichick plus 350 to win coach of the year. 
which is uh, nonsensical that he hasn't won this award in over a decade. But go ahead. Let me hear you go off on the Patriots. I'll give you a couple minutes. Well, I, I think that Kingsbury is coach of the year right now. Mm. I mean, for the fact that Kingsbury goes up into Seattle with Colt McCoy and wins, the fact that Kingsbury goes into San Francisco with Colt McCoy and wins, the fact that he goes into Los Angeles, the greatest team ever built, the Los Angeles Rams, <laughs> the greatest team ever built, right? You know, and he kicks their ass. I mean, what more does the guy have to do? And he has, he's one, I mean, when's the last time anybody seen Kyle Murray? Right. So I, I think Kingsbury certainly deserves coach of the year, but Belichick to me has, you know, he'll never win coach of the year because everybody just expects what he does to be the same all the time. For me, you know, I think this is, this is just a byproduct of who he is. He needs last year. There was no off season. There was no OTA. There was no real training camp. There was no NC October of last year. He had so many guys hurt that mm-hmm. on COVID that they couldn't practice. I, I think what you see this year is just a byproduct of his teaching. He's building, you know, he teaches a football course and how to win games. And I think that he has a receptive audience and drafted Mac Jones, even though all the analytical people said, you can't pick Mac Jones third overall in the draft that the, that the 49ers traded up to get Trey Lance because he was by far the greatest player that ever played football, even though he only played one game <laughs> and threw the least amount of passes of any college quarterback who got drafted in the first round. Crazy. Pro football focused and all the analytical people said you got drafted, you know, mm-hmm. but he just sat there and picked the best player, you know? So I, I think it's kind of a renewed his love of teaching and coaching. And I think you see it with the way the team plays. Yeah. I almost think if they would have been better off going like four and uh, 12 last year, and then he definitely would have won coach of the year this year, even though you're right. Mac Jones fell right. In his I lap. think the fact that he won seven games last year yeah. is remarkable. I think yeah. it's remarkable he won seven games last year. I mean, the fact that he had no passing game, basically he, his defense by the end of the year had nobody left on it. He couldn't really stop anybody. And But I think this year he got back to being what he wanted to do. He's got, he could set the edge with his defense. He's got a really physical offensive line. He could run the football. I don't think they're perfect. I think we almost forget that Mac Jones is a rookie quarterback. We almost mm-hmm. like dismiss it. I know. Here's Mac Jones, he's a three-point dog going into Buffalo. He's a rookie quarterback. You know, he's never even been to Buffalo. Right. That's true. We've never seen him play in 20 degree weather. We've never seen him throw the ball with 15 mile an hour winds. And yet people are giving him the benefit of the doubt. I think it'd be hard. Yeah, I think so too. And yeah, people don't realize there'll be a game and a half out if they lose to the bills and the bills are favored to win that game. Um, But yeah, it's, it's been a a great run. I'm just a, I just want it to end for the Patriots. I know you don't. I know you. Don't. <laughs> no, I mean my son's the receiver coach. Why would I want it to end? I no. think it's. A, I think it's. I think it's everything that you know. Everybody was complaining about how you know Belichick lost his fastball, and it was all Brady. And and I kept saying it was a combination of the two. You know, it always was. What is your son? Uh, what does he say about these receivers? Is he pleasantly surprised, or did he think he had a good crop through the free agency? Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne is a, makes a dynamic catch every week now. It seems. I, I, I think he was very positive about him, and I think Keneal Harry's actually starting to play. Said some hmm. of what he did to Miles Garrett blocking was unbelievable, and then he started to make some more plays. I, I think as a team, everybody's improving, and adding Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith gives them a chance to to control the middle of the field. Then the Stevenson kid. I think the biggest surprise of all is Stevenson's ability to be really active in the passing game. I think that's. Mm-hmm. All right. Now let's uh, switch focus to my team, the Parley kids team there. Um, 
We got news. Mike McCarthy is going to miss Thursday's game after testing positive for COVID. <laughs> I have to say, I'm not worried. I'm worried for him a little bit, but I'm not worried for the team. Dan Quinn, who had a rough going uh, Thursday against the Raiders, he's going to serve as the interim coach. We've seen games before where the coach misses, the coordinators took over. It seems to me, or am I crazy, that the assistant coaches being out is a bigger detriment to the team than the head coach being out. You know, I don't know why McCarthy carries that play sheet with him. He doesn't call any plays. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's got that huge play sheet with him that he had in Green Bay. Yeah. And it's the it's the Green Bay play sheet. But yet, when you look at Kellen Moore, he's not looking at the same play sheet. Like it looked like he, they have the different tests they're taking. So I think he needs I mean, to fan himself. He needs to use. He's always about to pass out, so he yeah, needs to create some air. Mike, Mike was always reminding me of a beat cop walking the beat, you know, on the sideline. You know? <laughs> right. I think that uh, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine without Mike. I, I, I'm not being disrespectful <laughs> to Mike, but a little Kellen bit going to call call the plays. <laughs> Yeah. going to call the defense. I think what they have to make sure they do is John Fossil doesn't go crazy and run 17 trick punts. I think that's going to be the biggest concern. Right. You know? Right. I mean, he's going to have a fake field goal, a fake punt. He's going to have, you know, he's going to have a double reverse off of, you know, so I think somebody's got to make sure John Fossil's under control a little bit here. Right. Um, Zeke, um, um, there's more and more talk about resting him and, you know, uh, Pollard's the heart and soul of the offense anyway. I, I'm, I'm, I'm coming around on it. I think I think we win the division. I know Washington got a lot of buzz. People are going crazy now, but the, the Cowboys play them twice. They play the Eagles once. They play the Giants once. If they're going to win the division. They have to take care of business and at least split with Washington. Um, what do you think about sitting Zeke? Uh, well, I think the problem with sitting Zeke is Pollard's really good. Pollard's a liability in pass protection. Blocking, yeah. Blocking. You know, mm-hmm. and so when he's in the game, people just start blitzing. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what's happened now. And so you got to be really careful because if you if he's in there and you know you know you're going to get a lot of pressure on Dak, it heart hurts. I think they should. They're going to need Zeke in, in the month of December as we come into it. They're going to need you know because we play two games in the January. I think they're the best team. I mean Washington struggled to beat Seattle yesterday last night. I mean it was you know Seattle's way off. I mean Seattle's way off. Russell had DK Metcalf open for the two point conversion. If he just mm-hmm. throws it. I mean Seattle's not playing well. They struggled to beat them. I'm not sold on Washington quite yet. I think this will be a hard game for them out in Las Vegas this week. Yeah, for sure. Who gets the MVP in the NFL? We just went over the college Heisman. We're unsure of that, even though Bryce Young's a pretty uh, substantial favorite. Doesn't seem like anybody wants that award. Doesn't seem like anybody wants the pro football MVP award. Um, Is it Justin Tucker? Who who gets it? (laughs) Tucker would be a really, I mean, is there any more, more, uh, certainty than ju- Justin Tucker. I mean, whether he, you know, that really the only uncertainty of Tucker is whether he misses eight inches left of the middle upright of right. the, of the, or eight inches to the right. I mean, yeah, he's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and he takes away all doubt. Um, I, I think to me, it's Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. I put the political stuff aside, COVID, all that crap. Aaron Rodgers is dynamic. I mean, I he know. goes into Arizona with basically without his receivers and you know, he goes out there and finds a way to win the game. And then last week against the greatest football team ever assembled, <laughs> you know, he, he, uh, he just, he dominates them from start to finish. I mean, you know, I mean, I know they have the greatest rusher in Von Miller and they have Aaron Donald, but did anybody really put any pressure on, on Rogers with a, I mean, that backup left tackle, I'm not sure he'd go back to his college and start. And yet they got through the game with him. 
Uh, and they're on like that fourth tackle, and then Aaron Jones is a game time decision. Nothing ever seems to matter, right? Like the and, no, and the Packers I mean, are underdog at home. Like it just. But if you know, you're a true voter in the contest, you watch the Packers play against the the, the Chiefs. You realize how valuable he is to your team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, he 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 clearly demonstrated in that game by not playing. He's the most valuable player in the league. I think uh, I'm going to make a prediction. Brady flexes his muscles this week. Already put up a, a monster game against Atlanta. He does the same this week, you know, in Atlanta this time. And, uh, you know, four, I don't know five touchdowns. If you look at Tampa's schedule, there might be one more loss on that schedule. I know. Yeah. And he'll keep putting great numbers up there. And he's doing it now with Gronk back. Once he gets Antonio back, he starts mm-hmm. to get more comfortable. I mean, look, he could easily win it too. I think it's a two man race. I think it's Brady or Rodgers. I think you're right. All right. Harry is dying to ask you a question. Um, try um, to uh, disregard what he's wearing. Yeah, go ahead. And Mike, uh, just wondering like, with Tennessee situation, they've lost two in a row. Um, no Henry. Tanny Hill's got one more touchdown pass and uh, interception. Uh, like I said, they've lost two in a row. Rams have lost three in a row. Who's in more trouble? Well, I think Tennessee is because Tennessee has all those guys hurt. I mean, and they don't get, you know, last week they had two backs that rush over 100 yards. They have a 6-9 rush, and they scored, they couldn't score enough points. The pressure on Tannehill is too hard. You know, the offensive line gets beat up, and defensively they're playing better, but they just can't really – when they miss all these players that they're missing, it's hard for them. The Rams, to me, you know, I think they got exposed in the Arizona game. I think they got really exposed – you know, when, when, uh, uh, when, when, uh, uh, the Niner game, the Tennessee came out there and just kicked their ass. Up. Oh yeah. 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 Tennessee just beat them up. But Tennessee had no respect. Tennessee just whooped that offensive line. I think what's happened to the Rams is the Rams because of golf, the Rams knew they could not run drop back pass because of golf. The Rams knew their offense. They had to protect their offensive line. And they had a protector. And now they get Stafford. They say, okay, we don't have to protect our line anymore. We don't have to protect the quarterback. We can just do what we do. Mm-hmm. And now they find out how shitty that line is, right? They find out how shit and people are covering up the three inside players and they're pushing them back into Stafford. Stafford, that team looked like the Detroit teams he used to take up there. Yeah. And so to me, I, I and then why are we paying all this money to Jalen Ramsey and he's not covering the best receiver? Right. Like, why are we doing that? And then, you know, we trade a two and a three for Von Miller. Von Miller, they've got more sacks in Denver when Miller left than when he was there. So Isn't that crazy? Me, I, I think the Rams are, are in trouble. I think they're, they're, you know, everybody puts this stat up. Sean McVay with the lead at halftime. Does anybody put the stat up when Sean McVay doesn't have the lead at halftime? Hmm. That's not as much right? fun. Yeah, you're right. No, it's not as much fun because they're a front-running team. The Rams are a front-running team. So they have an easy game against the Jags, but then at Arizona, um, they already lost to them at SoFi. Uh, all right, Seattle, whatever. They go to the Vikings, who are going to be hungry for a win day after Christmas, at the Ravens, and home against the 49ers January 9th, who will probably be competing for the sixth or seventh spot at that point. I think schedule-wise, maybe the Rams are uh, maybe in a little more trouble. It's interesting. I mean, I think so. I mean, look, the Titans, are, the Titans with Rabel find a way to win. Now, they've turned the ball over way too much. And during their win streak, they were really good at protecting the football, but they have so many guys hurt. I think it's just hard for them to bounce back. I think it's going to be hard for them to ever get control of the game. And they don't really know 
uh, you know, like Foreman was a really talented, he's a five-star kid coming out of Texas high school. Uh-huh. I mean, there, there was nobody more talented than Foreman coming out. He's just not always reliable. All right, Harry, that wasn't too terrible. You have another question? Uh, well, I was just going to say also <laughs> the pressure. If that comes down to the last week for the Rams to make the playoffs, um, boy, I'll tell you. I don't he, think he, he's, well, I'm just saying, he's 0-5 lifetime against San Francisco. Oh, right. yeah, I mean, I think the Rams, I, I think what's happened to the Rams is instead of staying on the program they had with golf, they thought Stafford was going to cure it. And, it. and now all of a sudden there's more problems that, that have been created. That line doesn't protect. Stafford's beat up, yeah. too. We know yeah, that. Yeah, right. The mic also. Maybe the wife. Oh, go ahead, Harry. Yeah. No, I thought maybe the wife should protect him. She's throwing pretzels in the stands and everything. She seems like a force <laughs> to be reckoned with. Go ahead, Harry. Sure. Listen, Mike, 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 these guys have given me a lot of crap over the season about being a Minnesota Vikings backer this season. Um, right now, still, even after that loss against San Francisco, uh, they're still the seventh seed. If they, they get in, and mind you, 10 of their 11 games, 10 of their 11 games this year, have been one-score endings. Um, can they do damage as the seventh seed in the uh, NFC? Uh, you know, I think if they have Dalvin Cook back, they're always a threat to do damage. I don't trust their defense well enough, especially the secondary. I think the 49ers took advantage of it. I mean, look, they should have covered last week. I mean, they got the break. They got the break that they missed the field goal, right? Robbie Gould missed the field goal. They got it. I don't know how they don't get the pass interference call. If that Hockley crew would have been calling that game, they would have called seven <laughs> pass interference penalties on that last drive. You know, my man Tim Mills, the back judge. Nobody likes to throw a flag more than Tim Mills. I mean, he's liable to become a police commissioner. He can't wait to call <laughs> foul. So you know, I mean, it, it's unbelievable. What do we do uh, about I, this, Lombard? I, I mean, obviously, I hated that game, and it was the most viewed regular season game in in a long, long time. And yet, there were fourteen plus flags on each side. It was uh, disgraceful to watch. I mean, you know, look, John Hockley was two and nine going into that game this season for the road team, he, the road team for the home team. It's like I, I don't know how that, that makes sense either. Like, what what is that about? <laughs> he no just idea. wants to well, piss off true. the fans. When I was in the league, that back judge Mills, he's going to call him. He thinks people actually pay to watch him officiate. <laughs> he thinks people are driving to the stadium Sunday morning. Oh, I can't wait to see Tim Mills officiate today. You know, like I can't wait. You know, it's like last night. I mean, we if he would have been calling the game last night, he would have called six of them. Right, right. Interesting. I, I mean, so like, I, I, there's no consistency. There's never been. I mean, we don't get my man Scott Novak on a national televised game. You think you think Hockley's bad? Mm. I think Scott Novak's. You know, his career. He's for the road team. I mean, he's one of the worst of. You know, the last twenty penalty game was Scott Novak. I mean, mm-hmm. he loves it. He can't wait to officiate. By the way, I just looked on Fanduel. Scott Novak, fifteen to one to win MVP. That's our <laughs> answer right there. Yeah, Give it to one be, of these back judges. He, he, yeah. Well, Here's the here's what people don't pay attention to. What what playoff game will Hockley get this year? And mm-hmm. that'll tell you everything you need to know. Because if he gets a playoff game, that right. means he graded high. That means he's doing exactly what the league wants him to do. Right. All right. Uh, Babyface Joel Solomon, jump in here. Well, you you're upset with Harry's question. Uh, I am. I just owe uh, Michael an apology. I, I, Harry told me his question was going to be about Jersey Mike sandwiches. Oh. And I, I, I'm so sorry. You know, I am so sorry. You know, Joe, I, I gave Jersey Mike's a bad, I, I gave him a lot of crap when we were together at the ringer there, but I mean, the guy donates so much money. I can't, I can't get mad at him anymore. I almost want to support him. I like this guy's really a nice guy. He's giving away a bunch of sandwiches. I mean, if you grew up with East coast, 
You know, yeah. like if you grow up in Ocean City, you're not going to. There's no Jersey Mike's in Ocean City. However, my hat's off to the guy. Doing well, it. you were mad because Simmons was cheaping out on the staff lunch. But yeah, no, you shouldn't, you shouldn't blame, <laughs> it on, blame it on Mike. I'm hey, uh, yeah, hey South, I could, I could just, I think Mike uh, should know that Joel uh, was yeah. a hot oh, dog. They, they work together. Yeah, Joel's yeah. A they work together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we both are. I mean, you know, us. And, Except Joel didn't yeah, graduate. I'm not sure I did either. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola. I'm not sure he graduated too, but we all have that. You know, we're all in that. What's what's the name? Queen Lativa, right? She graduated. Joel. Yeah. We got a few. Uh, we got him. We are going to put in put Mike in charge of bringing back the football program and bringing it back to prominence. That's our that's now, our. Let's wait. Dutchman too. What what's wrong with the Dutchman? How was that offensive to anybody? I don't understand it. Oh, I don't even like hearing it out of your mouth. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. What, Wayne Corbett was the greatest uh, Hofstra player, or am I missing one? Oh, I think Colston. Marcus Colston. Colston. Yeah, but wasn't Gino Carmazzi the third round pick of the Forty ers I can tell you that. Gino Carmazzi <laughs> went the the Brady draft, right? I think he did. Yeah. 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 He did. Willie Willie Cologne. Yeah. Willie Lance yeah. Schultz. Yeah. And of course, Mike Lombardi. Yeah, there right. you go. <laughs> Gino Carmazzi. Dan Quinn coach. coach yeah. Gino yep. Carmazzi, we tried to get him, right, Joel, for the Thursday night uh, Fox pregame bit. And he's, um, that's the guy that's like a goat farmer that doesn't own a TV, right? In Northern California. He, we could not track him down. He's like Richard Simmons at this point. He's, uh, he's gone missing. Uh, that's too bad. All right. Well, Lombardi, terrific as always. Thank you for joining Thank us. Thank you, guys. I, I always enjoy it, guys. I appreciate Thanks, Mike. It. You know, anything Go. you need, Sal, you can let me know. Whatever you need. Of How course, Pat. Has everybody making money? No, no, no one's making money. I, I, it was just an awful, awful <laughs> week. I, I mean, I, I'm, uh, you I was know. bad too. I, I ended up bad this week, I, but I'm, uh, I'm 21 and 15. But I, last week we kicked my ass. Give me a winner. Do you, do you have a winner yet, or no? I, I don't have any winners yet. I'm going to start working on my power rankings right now when I hang up, but. It's been and this now. It gets a little bit harder because you, the motivation of the teams. Like last week, I thought, I thought the best bet on the board last week was Atlanta, mm. and Ugh. I wasn't sure that Cordell Patterson was going to play. <laughs> that, that's the only thing that held me back. Oh, Jackson was terrible. Jackson was terrible. You think so? So you've, if, if Adam, you, you know, obviously, like the Lions are trying to, to get a uh, win, but know, Jacksonville's the worst. Of, we can make fun of the Clapper. We can make fun of Jay, uh, of, of of Mike. McCarthy, you know, mm-hmm. the great chess match between Matt Campbell and Matt Cam- and uh, Matt Nagy. Mm-hmm. But when they asked when they asked Urban Meyer about why James Robinson wasn't on the field in the goal line situation, he gave the, the answer that almost I almost threw up. He, now he has a job. Just let's get this straight. <laughs> he has a job that's harder to get than the United States Senate. We understand that. Right. There's only 32 of these jobs. Mm-hmm. So when they asked him why Robinson wasn't on the field, he said, check with Brian Schottenheimer. And Daryl Bevel, I don't micromanage. Wow! Could you, wow, that's I mean, pretty could you imagine Belichick saying that? No, he wouldn't say anything. He would have grunted and left the press conference. That's amazing. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. My parting shot. <laughs> He's the worst, Mike. He is the worst. Lots of parting shots. Yeah, he must see all these deals and be going nuts. It's like, oh, I, I screwed up like six times. Of course, of course. Uh, the GM shuffle. Check it out. Mike Thank Lombardi, thanks for coming on, Appreciate pal. It. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, right. Mike. Take care, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. He's the best, Lombardi. He so really good. is. Lots of uh, he could he could run my team anytime. That right? guy, I'm telling so you, so much knowledge, I, so much knowledge. I, I just think he he's a phenomenal. I, yeah, he 
he I, I don't I don't know if he wants to do it anymore. He should be a GM somewhere running right. running the show for somebody. He's just a a football uh, lifer, you know, guru. Um, just knows his stuff. You know what happened? You know, he was, he, and he tells it like it is. Very good GM over at uh, Cleveland. And then talk about micromanaging. Our friend Alec got in there. He was the president of the time. Said, no, do this. Trade for this guy. Draft this. And it's like, things got screwy. Then he was out of a job. But uh, no, he's terrific. He's never returned. <laughs> he's terrific, Lombardi. I love him. Uh, Cousin Sal against all odds at gmail.com. That's where you could email us. We got a good one from Adam T. Cousin Sal against all odds at gmail.com. Dot com. Uh, Sal, just in case you have to suspend Harry for real, I have a formula you can use to make his picks while he's gone. Step one, randomly choose a side. It's important that there is no actual logic to the step. Maybe you saw an orange cat on the street, so you picked the Bengals to cover versus the Ravens. Maybe you had a delicious Danish or five for breakfast, so you take Thomas Bjorn to finish top 20 in the Dominion Energy Classic. Step two, figure out what you'll say on the pod. Usually this will mean scouring the roster for players you recognize and figuring out something nice to say about all of them. Don't skip any. If it takes 15 minutes, it takes 15 minutes. Occasionally you'll do this for the team you aren't picking and then for some reason use that as your reason to bet on the opposite opposite team. Listen, I don't make these rules. Harry does. Step three, time for a team stat. This is important. Here you want to bolster your argument with numbers that don't involve anyone actually playing in the game. Example, Notre Dame is covered in four of their last five day games at Northwestern, including a 26-6 win for Newt Rockney's Irish in 1929. All right, yeah, all right. I, I don't get <laughs> follow, that crazy. That's ridiculous. Follow, follow these simple steps, and if you're lucky, you could eventually cut Harry out of the pod completely. Just kidding. We all love Harry. Thanks for the great content, and happy handicapping, Adam T. Happy handicapping to you, Adam T. What do you think, Harry? I Adam think Nailed it. That was good. Now, yeah, he kind of nailed it. He kind of little, a uh, little uh, ridiculous, but still kind of nailed it a little bit. Yeah, you are a little ridiculous, but yeah, he pointed it out. Babyface, that was pretty spot on, I think, right? Oh, I mean, it was except for the long odds. That was perfect. Uh, yeah, it was, it was perfect. It. All right. We will be back on Thursday to pregame preview the uh, Saints Cowboys game. And then again on Friday, we're going to do all the college um, championship games and the big NFL Sunday games, and that'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds for Spaghetti, for Meatballs, for Babyface Joel Salmon and Mike Lombardi and the Degenerate Trifecta. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping.